everybody, welcome to another episode of the Boring Startup Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about a rant. I'm going to call it up front. It's, it's a little bit of a rant about Kickstarter. And for those just joining the podcast, full disclosure on this rant, although I don't think it should be discounted, uh, I have a uh, Kickstarter project that will close in just a few days that will not fully fund, so it will close without funding. Um, so... I guess take my rant with that grain of salt, although uh, hopefully that doesn't totally invalidate the points that I'm I'm hoping to make and talk about and talk through on today's episode. So um, as usual, well, as usual as of last episode, I will have uh, information to reach out to me if you'd like to get in touch down in the description for the episode. I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic uh, in particular. So let's get right into it. So my Kickstarter project is going to fail, and I've talked about this on a, a, a previous episode of the podcast that I just didn't have enough exposure. Well, sorry, let, let me clarify. That's at least part of it. It could be that I've made something that nobody wants or cares about. I, I'm still not um, oblivious to the fact that that could be true, um, but I, I, I just don't think there's been enough time and data to really support that. But what I do know for sure is that I definitely don't have uh, the exposure or pre-built audience that uh, does very well on Kickstarter. So if you go through, and I, um, a few years ago, I was thinking about Kickstarting a project and I went through and, and massively researched uh, the, the successful projects in the space that I was looking to launch a project in, um, like hardware and, and tech and things like that. And I actually, I wrote up a like 15 page document where I had taken notes as far as like how long every person's uh, video was at the top, what kinds of pictures they used, um, what points were in the videos. It was like a, I, I joked with a friend, like I, I probably should have published it at the time as like a case study of, how to do a successful Kickstarter or, or some lessons learned. But I, I had put together basically a playbook of the most successful projects. And I think Kickstarter has changed a lot since then even, just a few years ago. And it's much more a place where uh, I the, the point of my rant today being that I don't know that it makes a lot of sense. Like I, I'm not sure what the sense or purpose of Kickstarter is nowadays. Now, let me um, go into the reasons why I think that. Again, if you want to stop the podcast now and say, oh, that's just because you're sucked and it didn't fund and that's why you think it's worthless, uh, that's fair. Like, I, I appreciate you listening this far and I hope you'll come back next episode when I'm not ranting about Kickstarter. But um, let me talk through it a little bit. So why do you go to Kickstarter? <clears throat> and in my case... The reason I went, I wasn't going to go to Kickstarter. I never had plans to go to Kickstarter um, because I had, uh, and I talked about this, I believe in a YouTube video, it might have been a podcast episode, where I, I had enough, thankfully, enough funds up front to build a product and to make some inventory that I could send to people. Um, and so I had no real need to go to Kickstarter for the financial side of things. Like I didn't <clears throat> have like a prototype where it's like, oh, I would love to make these and get them to a thousand people, but I can't afford to make a thousand of them. So I need Kickstarter. That wasn't my case at all. I actually made a hundred uh, units of the product that I'm trying to um, kickstart. 
and uh, it was ready to go. Like I, I have all the materials here in my office. They're not all assembled, um, but I could literally turn the podcast off right now and assemble all a hundred of them probably by the end of the night tonight um, <clears throat> and put them up on my website and put them up for sale. So why did I go to Kickstarter? Well, as I started talking around and, and talking to other people and everybody just says, you should kickstart, you should kickstart it. And I think that's really what Kickstarter is still just holding on to. It's just what you do and why, why do you do it? So in my case, the reason I did it, <clears throat> sorry, I've got something in my throat. Uh, the reason I did it was I was hoping for exposure because I just, I don't have, you know, one of the really funded projects was the Throw Throw Burrito that just closed a little bit ago. I was a backer of that. Love those guys, uh, makers of Exploding Kittens. This is not a paid advertisement. Um, they already had a huge, huge cult-like following that um, all they had to do was, they sent me an email. The reason I backed it was because I got an email saying, hey, we've got a new project on Kickstarter. Go back it. And I did, like, literally 30 seconds after I got the email. But they could have... I guess my point there being they could have sent me an email that said, hey, we're the makers of Exploding Kittens. We've got this new game called Throw Throw Burrito. Go to our website, explodingkittengames.com, and, and pick one up. And I would have done that. And they even could have said it won't be ready for three months or whatever. And so like, I, I think there's a few reasons people go to Kickstarter. One is to provide capital up front for a bigger run of things. And <clears throat> I don't know that that's as necessary as it was back in the early days of Kickstarter. Like, especially when you've got a brand that people know and recognize. Like, the Throw Throw Burrito guys, like, I would have had no reservation of not getting my thing. Because at the end of the day, their project funded in like 10 minutes anyway. And so I've still paid the money. I'm still not going to get the thing for several months like, how is that any different if I had just gone to their website that's running through uh, Shopify and bought their product? Like, to me, there's no difference there. And in fact, I think in that case, they give up less money to Kickstarter. They don't have to pay Kickstarter anything at that point. They're just paying a hosting fee with Shopify, which is far less than the cut that Kickstarter is going to take and the payment processor. And so I, I think of the reasons why I, I, I did it exposure don't exist anymore. You're not going to get the organic reach that you used to on Kickstarter. It's an extremely crowded space right now with many projects launching every day in all, across all categories. And so you, you are, it's getting very noisy. Like one of the uh, draws in the early days of Kickstarter was it was kind of a novel thing and it was new and people went there and found stuff and, and it was easy to get more exposure, I believe, than it is today where you're basically competing with people with full-scale advertising and marketing budgets. I mean, these things are crazy. Um, so I can't compete with that. I'm not going to pay, you know, I, I tried the PR firm thing, you know, and I don't have thousands of dollars to create press. Like, why wouldn't I just buy Facebook ads or Instagram ads and, and put that into my own press. Like I, I just don't see the value that Kickstarter is providing in an organic reach sense. And so that was really the reason I did it. I didn't need the funds. Um, I, I did. Well, so let me reel that back in a little bit. It, the funds are helpful for the team pucks. Again, I've talked about this problem before where I've got blank pucks. I can ship those today, but team pucks are harder because I have to buy the right number and then I have to get the machine and then I got to get them back to my house. And so there's a lot more to it than that versus um, the blank pucks where it's like, I don't care who your team is. I'm just going to send you a, a buck. Um, 
And so uh, there's that that would have been nice as from a pre-order standpoint of hey if I can get all the pre-orders I'll know exactly how many team pucks I need to order have machined and then ship um but you know I was it's funny I was thinking the other day Kickstarter solves that problem for me once and then once all those pucks are shipped like I have I can't remember what it is 22 pucks or something that I I still intend to ship out to people once I buy those 22 team pucks have them machined and ship them now what? Like if I want to sell more, I can't kickstart again, even if the project had had funded. Now it's like how many, how do I stock team pucks? I still have the same problem. Kickstarter wasn't going to solve that problem regardless of how it turned out, whether it funded or not. And so all the reasons that I did Kickstarter kind of, you know, there's a real argument that didn't really solve my problems and, and wouldn't have solved the problems or the reasons that I needed it. And again, money being one that I, I didn't that wasn't a reason. And so I don't think there's good reach, especially if you don't already have a huge following or a lot of marketing budget. And so it's not helpful with that. Um, I think it's it's basically a lottery for you to get featured for them. So you might as well, you'd probably be better playing the lottery as your startup than hoping that Kickstarter features you. Um, and that's just reality. That's not me being bitter. Like I, I never expected to be featured. I'm just, that's the reality of it. With the number of projects, your chances of being featured on the homepage for an extended time is minuscule. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, so there's that. Um, I think there's some argument to be made of like, oh, well, we just, there's a time. Like people like to pay things at an online store and then get it in a few days, whereas Kickstarter gives you the ability to order it and then get it a few months later. Uh, again, I think that's invalid for things like Throw Throw Burrito, where I wouldn't have cared. Like if they had said it's going to be a few months, I, I, still would have supported it as like a pre-order. And I think that you can message that and I'm going to play around with that uh, myself with the pucks. I'm going to, you know, the Kickstarter is going to close. I'm not going to just shut everything down and give up. I'm going to open up my online store that I have ready to go and say, hey, if you'd like to buy a blank puck, I can get that in the mail right away. If you would like to buy a team puck, they they have a lead time of several weeks. This is a very niche, niche, however you pronounce it, uh, product. And, uh, uh, we don't keep stock on it, so you, you are paying for a pre-order. And just test people's um, tolerance for that to see if they, they would go for it. And so I, I just I think maybe there's a little bit of an argument there for lead time, like setting a lead time expectation that's inherent with Kickstarter. But again, I think if you can earn enough trust from people, you can, you can make that work. Um, I've seen several other, in my case, um, specific sport memorabilia things where they say these are handmade so they take time and that's just part of the deal and I, I could take a similar angle these are handcrafted and so they take time to turn around um, so anyway I, I think I, I just I'm I'm really curious with the way Kickstarter has evolved and the amount of projects that are in there and the benefits that it provides I don't know that it provides the same benefits that it used to and I almost feel, and this is like unpopular opinion and maybe written off as like the I'm just jealous and upset opinion, but I almost feel like a lot of people do it because that's just what you're supposed to do. Like everybody, that's what you do. You Kickstarter. And I think that's been indicated a bit with how when I tell people just any random person, you talk to any random person about my product and they'll be like, oh, you should Kickstarter that. These people have no idea what that even means. It's it's almost like, you know, Googling. It's like it's become a verb in the uh, startup company realm of like, oh, you should Kickstarter it. Like, I don't even know what you just said, but you should Kickstarter it. And so 
that's that's my unpopular uh, against the grain take on Kickstarter. I'm not saying that the platform is worthless. I'm real close though. Like I mean, honestly, I just thinking about all the problems that I think it originally solved that maybe it's not solving as much anymore, but they have such brand that people go there. Um, back on the exposure thing for a second, you know, what exposure is kick? Like a lot of these projects that are doing very well, you'll see they have like a as seen on or featured on, and they'll give some great New York Times, The Verge, but you know, they'll give all of these places where they've been featured. Like, kickst is Kickstarter really like the thing that's gonna way put you over the top on exposure? It's like so. So even like the exposure thing, the the projects that are succeeding, they already have plenty of exposure and so i don't know that kickstarter really pushes them over the edge on that and so i i really i'm questioning the value of it from what i'm hoping is is in an objective view despite having a project that did not succeed it's possible that if my project goes viral and succeeded on kickstarter this this episode would be about how kickstarter is the greatest thing in the entire world and if you don't do it you're dumb so i'm I'm not naive to the fact that, that that could have been the case. But but thinking about it really, and I'm, I'm trying to have a very open mind to it of like really what are the problems that you're trying to solve? How does Kickstarter solve them? And does it really solve them for you given how things have changed over the past few years uh, in the, the landscape of startup companies and products and how people purchase things online? There's just a lot of variables in there to think about and analyze. And I'm just, as I was doing that, I thought, I'm not really sure what Kickstarter provides um, other than, you know, a way to host your product, but you could set up a Squarespace or a Shopify in the same amount of time that it takes you to set up your Kickstarter campaign. So um, anyway, that's, I think that's going to do it for today's rant episode about Kickstarter. Just, just some thoughts and opinions. Oh, I did want to throw in um, a piece of practical advice there that I just found out. Cause I'm, I am, I'm like two days away from the project closing without funding and you don't get to send surveys unless your project funds. And so I have, you know, $2,000 worth of pucks that have been backed. So people are interested and, you know, have their wallets open and are saying, I'm ready to buy this from you that I don't get, I don't get any of that money because it doesn't fund, but I also don't get to send out a survey at the end to reach out to those people. And so I was really concerned, like, how am I going to reach out to people and say, Hey, I want to, um, I still want to get you a puck and take your money. Um, how am I going to do that? And so as I was doing research, something that I found out is even if your campaign does not fund, you can still direct message backers, everybody that backed your project. Uh, they just, they don't end up auto paying you through the site. Uh, so I can reach out and say, Hey, I know it didn't fund, but head over to my website where you can buy one there. Same rules apply. You'll get it before the season starts. Um, and I can test some of that theory. Um, but also I found, and this is a, a more important practical tip is you cannot update the project page after the campaign closes. And so uh, a recommendation that some people uh, throw out there is that you should put a button that links over to your website or your shop that is like a get one now um, before the project closes, because once it closes, even if people stumble upon it after it closes by some chance, you know, it's linked on some random site, they can still get to a point where they can, uh, have a transaction with you. And so I'll be going in, uh, probably today, uh, this evening and, and adding a button just at the very top that, that says like, you know, buy now or something that links back over to, 
my um, official website for the product where they can you know add things to the cart there and uh, check out. So uh, that's just a, a, a Kickstarter tip. Um, if you have a project, um, make sure you have all the changes and, and link backs that you want to get in there before the project closes if it's not going to uh, fund because after it doesn't fund, you cannot change it. So, um, And then I'll just I'll direct message all the backers. I don't have, you know, it's a couple dozen. I can knock that out in a night. I'll just direct message all of them with a link saying, hey, this is how you can still get one uh, if you're still interested. So that is going to do it for today's episode. I appreciate everybody that's listening and joining along the journey here. Um, again, we're just now it's sort of back to the drawing board of where, where do we go from here? I, I talked about changing the direction a little bit a couple episodes ago. We're still working on that. That's a it's a slower, not as sexy route uh, when I'm not, you know, hammering and iterating on on product every single day, and so uh, I'll try and keep you know interesting content coming here through the podcast updates. I I, I want them to still be very frequent, at least three times a week, if not every day. So, um, please uh, keep tuning in for that. And also, again, just as a reminder, in the description are some ways to reach out and get in touch with me. I would love to hear your thoughts on Kickstarter, whether you've done Kickstarter or backed on Kickstarter. Um, it would be interesting to to hear your thoughts. And if you think I'm just completely crazy and bitter, uh, you can send me that as well. I, I, I'll take any and all feedback and input. So uh, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day and we'll See you next time.